Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for hanging out at Tail Far City Radio. It's a road show Thursday. We're here down at Rosie's Downtown State Basketball Celebration yet again for Boys State. Uh, day two, and it's day one of day two for us here at Rosie's. 10th and P is where we invite you down. Can watch the show. We're streaming. You can come on down live. And uh, hang out that way here at 10th and P at Rosie's. Uh, can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Twitter handle as well, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handles at HVarsity Radio. And of course, Facebook and Twitter with KFOR, KFOR Sports. Chris Schmidt here on site. Elijah Herbal, we will get you back down here, my friend, sooner rather than later. You've got to do their wings. Uh, I have been the wing connoisseur. Everywhere I've stopped, and I love me some Rosie's Wings. Get the original Buffalo. Yes, on the blue cheese. We've had this argument before. Uh, you're shaking your head at me. Uh, we have royalty in the building because the uh, two Hall of Famers from Hayes Center are, are here. Hayes Center, of course, making their way tournament time uh, at the Devante Center for the D1 as they are playing Friday, the Erickson boys, they are the Malone and Stockton of their generation. So they are here. We invite you down here till 6, back tomorrow here at Rosie's downtown, 4 to 6 on Friday. So the backdrop is unique. There's an awesome stage here at Rosie's. That's where we set up shop. And it looks like I'm doing some sort of late 70s blacklight music video behind me. Uh, how do my eyes look, Elijah? That's the, the, the true question, uh, as I am the most vain person you know. Well, with that lighting, it looks like you need a drug test. <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> got purple and blue. It looks like you're straight out of the disco in the 70s right now. So uh, if, you uh-huh. wake, if wake, you wake up tomorrow, you show up to work, and you got a random drug test on your desk, you know why. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, sweetie, can you handle this, please? Man, you need something to make you feel better. After last night with Nebraska basketball, let's start right there. We have Dylan Riola news to get into. Ari Wasserman uh, with The Athletic. 
his take on Raiola versus Arch Manning. We'll get there. Brandon Vogel with us uh, via the stream in about 20 minutes in hour two. We'll uh, check in with Gary Barnett, Colorado coach. And, uh, yes, uh, Evan Bland. We get to, to spend time with Evan Bland today at 525. Danny Burke, he is in Chicago. He is the pride of Chicago with VEASAN Sports Network. Uh, Danny was at the Nebraska game last night on assignment, we'll just say for us, as a lot of disappointed Nebraska fans. But, Elijah, you lose last night to Minnesota. You were favored by six at one point. You never really could get control. You jumped out 8 nothing. a very ugly first 20 minutes of basketball where Minnesota led at half. Nebraska down by as many as 9, uh, as many as 11, quite honestly, and then they were able to, to close it down to 1, but never quite got over the hump. A crushing loss. We'll hear from Fred Hoiberg in a moment, but I ask you this, and, and it's time to reflect because your season very well could be done if you're Nebraska basketball. Michigan got bounced today, so they'll likely take an NIT spot. Uh, Nebraska right on the fringe right there. There's more calculations than just the net ranking that goes into NIT selection. Nebraska very attractive to be a host site for the NIT had they won last night. But at 16 and 16, there's better candidates. There's a lot of mid-major upsets that have been happening. So your conference champion, regular season conference champions that don't win the the postseason automatic bid, they're going to be relegated to the NIT, and it's a tough hill to climb. How do you remember and reflect on Nebraska basketball this season? And I look at it as we're going to write the obituary of 2022-2023, and are you going to celebrate this season at 16-16? and In context, absolutely it's okay to celebrate what Fred Hoiberg and this Nebraska basketball program's done. It's okay to celebrate and be man, be like, man, I'm, I'm really impressed with Derek Walker and Sam Griesel and Kise Tomanaga and, and, uh, and, and, and Lawrence. And there's a whole list of reasons to be impressed and hopeful for the future going into year five with Fred Hoiberg. There's also last night, the last impression, the disappointment where you thought and hoped you were over those head-scratching losses that Nebraska basketball's been prone to do. And it's been a case where there's a step forward and a couple of step back, steps back. That was not the case in February for Nebraska basketball. But they had one last night get away from them. And let's be honest, every time Nebraska plays Minnesota, Elijah, you and I have been screaming, and I'm going to pat ourselves on the back, take the points. <laughs> take the Gophers. They're just a bad matchup. Iowa, Nebraska, Nebraska's a bad matchup for Iowa. There's just certain things where, for whatever reason, Nebraska plays better against Iowa. For whatever reason, Minnesota's a pain in the backside to deal with because of their height and their length, and Nebraska just did not look like the, the February Nebraska. And I think a big part of that is not having some of the options. They were down Blaze Keita. That, uh, that didn't help. I know Derek Walker was a little tired, but Nebraska was uncharacteristic with their mistakes, shooting themselves in the foot. The, the final few plays down the stretch where he had a chance to take the lead or tie with some 
ref show type moments and also some some offensive fouls not making the 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 or taking the best shot. Uh, you have Wilcher's stupid foul. And then, of course, uh, you have uh, Greasel getting a little bit out of control, sped up, and trying to do too much. So disappointing night for sure last night with Nebraska basketball. But overall, look, they can't be 16-16 and 16 next year. I don't know that they've got to be a tournament team next year, but I like the direction of where the program's going, specifically where the program got to against some pretty tough odds. That's how I'm going to remember them. But yes, for sure, if you're a Nebraska basketball fan, demand more for next year. Get a better lineup somehow, some way on top of retaining what you're happy with this year to help kind of springboard you into 2023-2024. And I think last night with I'm going to be at risk here of sounding too dramatic only one day after a game, but I feel like last night almost felt like a perfect representation of this season as a whole. The the team, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'll say it right now, it's a very, very lovable team that is still extremely flawed. That's the best way to put it. That team is lovable with the way that they fight, the way that they scratch and claw and did everything they could just to uh, to put themselves in hopes of making the NIT at the end of the year. Very lovable for that reason, but we've known it all year long. Very, very flawed, and I think the people that are getting real tired of, of Fred Hoiberg are the people that sit back and say, why are we this far into your tenure and why is this team still so flawed? I think they probably enjoyed watching the game as much as the next guy last night. It was a fun game to watch, and as I said, it's a fun team to watch. That wasn't a story coming in the game last night. The problem is, is you're in year four with guys that have been around, going into five, with guys that have been around for a while, and you still are are extremely flawed as a basketball team. Uh, I know the, the ref show was in full force last night, but you can't set a legal screen late in the game uh, to save your soul, back-to-back possessions, you have illegal screens. I know one of them was a little more ticky-tacky, although both were a little ticky-tacky in my opinion. But then you have C.J. Wilger's closeout on that three that was late in the shot clock. It was unneeded. That was a foul. Uh, upon rewatching it, live I was angry. Then I watched the replay and I said, you know what? That's a foul. He didn't give him landing space. He hit him on the That's arm. That's a stupid decision. And it's a perfect enca- encapsulation of this team is... Yeah, they, they're scratching, they're clawing. C.J. Welcher, he put that hand up there because he wanted to win that game so bad that he's going to get a shot contest. He's going to get his team that possession, make sure there's no chance of him hitting the shot. He made sure there was no chance of him hitting the shot, but in doing that, he fouled the guy. So that's just like the perfect representation of this team as a whole. There's still so many flaws within the roster, a lot of things that need to be cleaned up this offseason. I think Fred has guaranteed himself another season of being Nebraska's head coach, but... You can't have these same flaws within your team next year whenever you're in year five of running a program. You hope that this team can improve next offseason, but there's just a lot of gaps within this team's mentality, how they play. I mean, it feels like every single Fred Hoiberg-led team is good for at least one scoring drought at some point in the game when the other team is shooting the lights out of the ball, where even Nebraska's 10 to 15 points leads this year whenever they had them, few and far between, never quite felt safe because you always knew that scoring drought or that scoring run was coming. So... Uh, yeah, I, I can't say I'm surprised after last night. We've said it a whole bunch on this show. You always knew with Nebraska basketball, it's the Nebraska basketball way, that magic will come to an end. It came to an end last night in very disappointing fashion, but that's the story of this season. It's on to the next season, I think, for Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska because last night's loss was a really, really bad look for your tournament resume. And the NIT, I would have put the chances last night before that loss at, like, 75 to 80 percent and now i look at it as maybe 20 percent odds of making the nit that's a bad loss and it's gonna i mean be fresh in the memory of everyone who's going and picking the nit that's the biggest problem with that loss
it, it was going to be a difficult matchup, and Fred kind of knew it going in. Let's hear from Fred uh, post game here as uh, just how soul sucking the the loss was to Minnesota. Uh, half full, half empty here. How do you view Nebraska basketball? I think I see progress. I'm excited for next season, and I think next season will be better based on what he did this year. He got it figured out better late than never, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if Kisei's coming back. I I wouldn't if I got uh, millions to earn in Japan, uh, but Fred got it figured out, and he got a, a, a style, he got a system, and he got, uh, more importantly, that, okay, this is what you do in the Big Ten. Again, three years in, this is my system. This is what I want to do. This is how I've won. It ain't working. So I fixed it, and then I fixed it again with some horrible injuries. That is impressive. The fact that we were even talking postseason after January is impressive. But I'm not letting him off the hook or Nebraska basketball off the hook with last night. That can't happen. You'll have a couple of those a season in the Big Ten. It's just the grind that is. But it can't happen with what was at stake last mm-hmm. night, and that was a chance to keep playing uh, time and space. Here's Fred Hoiberg last night. This one hurts. It's, <clears throat> you know, it's a tough way to end our, uh, our tournament. This, this team has meant the world to me. It's meant the world, I think, to our fan base. And it just really, it, it crushes me for it to end this way. And, you know, I'm gonna focus on the positives with this group since February after the injuries where I'm not sure anybody thought we'd be able to get things going again and get things turned around to have the best record in the league in the month of February with this team with four rotation guys out of the lineup, I think says everything you need to know. And the leadership, that these two guys specifically to my right did for this group and for what they did to flip the narrative of this program. Uh, I can't say enough about how much that means to all of us in our program and what that can do for our future. And as these guys know, and as I told them in the locker room, I'm going to do anything in my power to help them along the way. They've got incredible futures in front of them. And we owe it to them to do everything we can to put them in a really good position moving forward. And, and, you know, I'd be remiss to not include Emmanuel in that discussion as well for what he did to really help change our culture uh, this year, even though he wasn't on the floor. Uh, You know, Casey, the stretch he has had has just been an absolute joy to be a part of. And, you know, going out and throwing that one up, I thought it was in when it left his hands. And, you know, just, again, this group was special. It's absolutely special. And it's going to go down without question as one of my favorite groups of players that I've ever coached, not just on the floor, but what these guys meant to our team off the floor and and, and the chemistry that they built and how they stayed together through all kinds of adversity. And that's what I'm going to focus on with, uh, with this. Congrats to Minnesota. They played great. They've been playing very well uh, since they came back from their shutdown. And... You know, unfortunately, we just let them get a little too comfortable early in this game. Um, but as we've done all year, we came back. We were resilient. We kept fighting. We battled adversity. Uh, unfortunately, we just could not quite get over the hump. We got that thing to one about four times. We just could not quite get over the hump. Fred Hoiberg there post game. We'll have more from uh, the mayor coming up here. We're at Rosie State Basketball 2023 Boys Action Day 2. 
as uh, Tri-County and Donovan uh, Tremblay in action now. Uh, you've got uh, tip-off tomorrow, 1045, with uh, your friends with Maywood and Haywood Hay Center. That uh, is a game. We have some um, friends of the, of the show here from Hay Center. Excited to have them out. You're invited down. 10th and Pete, Rosie's downtown, here till 6. So guess what? The, 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 the kitchen is open after I am done. At 6 o'clock, coming up at 7.45, at least locally, Will Wilson will have Parkview Christian uh, State Basketball Tournament coverage there. We'll get into some Husker football thoughts uh, from some of the national minds on Dylan Riola and who he compares to. We have uttered that name before, but you're careful to make too many comparisons to one Patrick Mahomes. So uh, we'll get into some Big Red football. Spring football starts here the 20th. And excited about that. Uh, some NFL news and notes as well with uh, just what is Levante David's future in Tampa. Gary Barnett will get his take on recruiting high-profile quarterbacks and how to cement that Texas pipeline. Next hour, Evan Bland will hit Big Red baseball with us some Husker football, and then Danny Burke from Wiesen, some picks for the conference tournaments that are ongoing. What's he think of Big Red basketball as he saw it up close and personal? Different perspective from Danny, a Chicago kid that's a Bulls fan. Uh, We'll wind it down here this segment. Brandon Vogel next. We're here at Rosie's with Hale Varsity. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rolling through a Thursday edition here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. As uh, you can see, the large Rosie sign in the background. Schmitty sitting down, getting back to the mic. Hey, Schmitty, how's it going? Good. We were just <laughs> high fiving uh, the Hay Center contingent, my friend. There, there Brandon he Vogel. That's in a, his football a PR office. PR man, Chris Schmidt himself. <laughs> no, man. It's just good to see uh, listeners out here at Rosie's 10th and P. Somewhere, someday. And we'll keep it away from the Wisconsin flag I'm staring at. But we're going to get one of those Kramer portraits, right, that you see from Seinfeld that uh, was done. Yes. The, the, the Kramer, right? We need a picture of Vogues, like the still shot of Vogues with his books and his football behind him in his football office. Or just a, a, a cover of the Hale Varsity magazine with Vogues on it. That'd be really cool, too. But just get a picture and put it here in downtown Rosie's. Vogues, can we arrange that? Can we get uh, an artist, a sketch artist? Are you a, a sketch black and white guy? Or do you want an oil? Or do you want uh, the, a, a gorgeous photo? Uh, just one of those classic Time Magazine, Hale Varsity cover-esque deals. How do you feel about a, a cover somewhere here down at Rosie's of you. I mean, I've been asking every month since Hale Varsity started in 2012. <laughs> hey, guys, what do you think about me on the cover? And still still keep getting shot down. I do know uh, my wife is a painter, uh, kind of a traditional 
uh, sort of oil painting uh, approach. So I do know somebody. I have encountered some illustrators as well. Of course, uh, we have some great photographers at our uh, uh, available to us at, at Hale Varsity. So really, the, the the world is our oyster as far as we as far as that goes. I just need somebody to back me up on. Yeah, you should really have you should really have Brandon. On well, I, I got a guy actually. He's a, a financer, importer, exporter, Art Vandalay. You may have heard of him. <laughs> uh, I think you get that art here to Lincoln. Get it up at Rosie's, you know. He's, he's got. He, we're going to get a picture of Vogue's at the Hale Varsity Club, and we're going to get a picture of Vogue's in Lincoln uh, here at, at Rosie's. I love it. Uh, Eric is like, dude, I'm out. <laughs> Eric Francis, photographer extraordinaire. I love him. Uh, check his podcast out as well uh, with her dad and the Hale Varsity crew. But man, Vogues, we're going to start with your take on hoops and then we'll get to football. But uh, last impression of, of what the hell, Minnesota, or wow, Fred got it flipped around and it was way better and it was kind of fun from time to time. Where do you lean as you look back? Yeah, as, as tough as it was to see see Nebraska lose in that spot, it, it didn't really change much for me in terms of my, I guess, takeaways from, from the season. Um, I thought coming in, Minnesota was obviously hot. Hoiberg said that before the, the game. He said that after the game. Uh, you can look at their recent results. Nebraska had already beaten them twice, uh, beating a team three times when you're pretty close to equals. I mean, Nebraska was the 11th seed in this tournament. Minnesota was 14 is, is always a tough assignment. So I just thought it was kind of going to be a tricky spot for, for Nebraska and the start of that game. And, you know, I heard Elijah in the first segment talking about that Wilcher foul, really tough, you know, thing to happen at that particular moment. The start to the game, though, you know, Minnesota started out really cold, um, and Nebraska had a chance to, to really jump on and, and take control of that game and wasn't able to do it, wasn't able to make its own shots, even though I thought it had some some really good looks. And that was when I started to feel um, a little bit uh, e- even more nervous, I guess, if I was a little bit nervous coming in for, for the Huskers' chances. So, you know, it, at the end of – I guess the season, if this is the end, or if they end up getting a, a, a postseason bid somewhere. At the at, overall, Nebraska was a 500 team, and if it played well, it could play with just about anybody in the the Big Ten. If it didn't play well, it could lose to the worst team in the Big Ten, which it did last night. Um, and that's an upgrade over all of the Fred Hoiberg seasons previously. And that's before you even factor in that they were down two starters for for the last month and a half of the season. So, lost stings, but for me, there was undeniable progress made this year. And, Brady, whenever you you look ahead to next season, what do you think this team needs to add uh, to get itself to the middle of the Big Ten once the season ends next season? Because I think that's what the goal needs to be. You need to be above 500, somewhere probably between 10 and 6 in the Big Ten standings whenever the, the Big Ten slate opens up. That is, Fred wants another year beyond next year. What do you think the team still needs to, to add or do this offseason? I mean, I mean, more than, like, you know, positionally or tra- trait-wise, well, I guess this is a trait, but the, the leadership piece of it is going to be huge. Um, I mean, Hoiberg mentioning Emmanuel Bamiel after, after the game, and, of course, we saw how much Greasel and Walker uh, have, have meant to this team. 
those are those are big pieces to replace just beyond what what their production was on the court obviously Casey Tomanaga if he were to return um you'd feel great about that coming back but you're going to need and this is this has been kind of a long-term thing for Nebraska I think over multiple staffs uh you'd love to have a consistent kind of post post presence you know a, a, a lot of Nebraska basketball of late to me has felt they're the effort is there the commitment is there you get into these games where maybe you have a scoring drought or maybe you lose a lead and you just need a bucket and it's been hard to find the guy where you can just say go to him he'll get you a basket Derek walker could do that at times sam greasel did that at times casey tobinaga did that recently but you know just that guy who who kind of stands out of okay things are getting a little bit choppy they're a little bit rough here's where we go and you know there's there's some promise returning on this roster which i don't know that i i totally felt in january you know after those two major injuries happened it was kind of like oh boy you know what's the long term of this look like much less the short term feel a little bit better about that but you're still missing some some kind of key pieces and and what they're losing you know has been the heart and soul of the team this Brendan Vogel's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor. Uh, we will get that uh, still pick of Vogue's up in sports bars all across downtown Lincoln, starting with our friends here at Rosie's uh, downtown, uh, where we're at for state tournament. Vogue's, did you ever get the state tournament uh, time? Did you uh, lead your team down in Lincoln in March? No, I really appreciate you bringing that up uh, with 23 oh, I'm sorry. season. And, uh, <laughs> you were what? Came up, came up a little bit short. Uh, I don't think I don't think my high school has been to the state tournament since like 1978 or 79. Uh, so it was a drought even when I was in high school. And uh, it, has, it has continued. But uh, was there in Lincoln as a spectator plenty and, and, and enjoyed that experience. Uh, probably more so when I was a sixth, seventh, eighth grader playing in the MIT tournament and getting to watch some, some state hoops more so than when uh, I thought me and my friends should, should probably be there, but, but didn't get it done. Wow. I, uh, I pour some salt. I did not mean to do that, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Georgia tech. Walk me through this. Uh, I've been to the Atlanta airport. I've not kicked it in Atlanta like you have. But is Dylan Riola uh, know something we don't about the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech as they've now entered the picture? I mean, if he does, he might know something about Georgia Tech that nobody knows, even new head <laughs> coach Brent Pry. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech entered the, the coaching market not long after – after Nebraska did, and there were some early like Dion to to Georgia Tech rumors, which was intriguing. Uh, put Dion back in Atlanta uh, would have been would have been pretty fun. But you know, Georgia Tech made the decision that hey, they, they played a lot better under the interim and ended up sticking with it. Uh, that said, the the kind of Georgia Tech entry into the Riola sweepstakes took me by total surprise. Um, you know, it's it's been a while since the Yellow Jackets have kind of been a, a consistent presence, even in the ACC, much less much less nationally. So, but you know, recruiting is is all about 
well, it should be all about and mostly is all about relationship building. So there must be something there. Um, I just it's not something that I can see while driving by, you know, curbside uh, when what I consider Georgia Tech football. at the well, moment. Well, Brandon, whenever you just look at this recruitment as a whole from the outside looking in, do you think anyone really knows what's going on inside the mind of Dylan Rail? It feels like every single week somebody's putting in a new prediction of where he's going to land up or where he's going to end up or one week it's Nebraska and then it's USC. You know, now Georgia's back in the picture. Now here's Georgia Tech. It just kind of feels like everyone's throwing something at a wall and seeing what's going to stick. Yeah, I think that, you know, this isn't a, a problem, quote unquote, Nebraska has had to deal with a lot, but I think that's probably the case with the number one player in the country most years, you know they've got all of the options and you know dylan's in an interesting spot with just from the time that he was very young with with his father playing in the nfl like the access to to things that he has um you know the the pro players the coaching all of that stuff um certainly is is unique i mean we see it every once in a while but it it stands out so i look at this recruitment of, of him as you know, this is probably about as thorough as you can do it because, like, the resources he has at his disposal are, are pretty immense. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's an argument for, for how Georgia Tech kind of comes out of the clouds, to, to use a horse racing term, uh, and, and suddenly enters this race if they haven't back done that. Always a big Joe Hamilton guy. I mean, I, I loved him. Uh, that's 20 years ago, but he beat Florida State when I was in South Bend and thought it was incredible uh, to help solidify Nebraska being the, the number one team in the country. Uh, there's my Georgia Tech story. I did cry at the, Ciet- the Citrus Bowl uh, watching <laughs> that monstrosity. <laughs> but at least Johnny Mitchell went off before he went to the NFL in the uh, Citrus Bowl, and Tom Haas crushed it. I'm like, where the hell's this Tom Haas guy been my whole life? Oh, he's a senior. Uh, pride of Aurora. Uh, Vogues, what's coming up with Hale Varsity? What's on your radar here uh, for the uh, the upcoming weekend and, and beyond? Yeah, so we've got we've got Jacob Dilla down at State Basketball. Um, I mean, his his coverage of high school sports in general, but high school basketball in particular is uh, as as good as it gets, in my opinion. So he's got his updates, his running updates uh, up on HaleVarsity.com right now. Jacob also wrote a great feature on, on Derek Walker for this March issue, which is going to print next week. Um, I'm busy doing a, a, a preview of spring football for that issue. So a lot of uh, getting getting that issue ready to go off to print next Wednesday. If you're if you're not a subscriber and want that, get it now, palevarsity.com slash subscribe. And uh, and beyond that, we'll kind of see what the what the weather allows us to do. Uh, seems to be seems to be the the word of the day or the phrase of the day, I guess. Vogues, we'll talk Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. 
Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio Road Show Thursday here at Rosie's Downtown. 10th and P, you're invited out. You're in town for state tournament basketball, or you're going down to, to catch up with some friends. Make sure you pop on by Rosie's 10th and P, the corn nuggets to die for. If you're more of a nacho fan, the flour tortilla chips, incredible. And maybe you just want to, well, a, a basket of chicken wings with blue cheese. And that... Uh, Wonderful, traditional, hot buffalo sauce. Rosie's has you. Bottles of beer, cold, on tap choices. And if you need a a whiskey or a bourbon, or both, do it. You're looking at me funny, Elijah. Well, the, the one thing that I've noticed the older I get, and this maybe comes from my family growing up, we never got appetizers at the restaurant. Like, no. Like you're gonna get you your entree. Why, why, why are you getting that? Why are you getting appetizers? That was what I was told growing up. And then I move out and I become my own adult. And I've realized the appetizers are the entire reason you go to the restaurant. And Rosie's has some of the best in town. May I recommend the pretzel bites? Absolutely fantastic. Those are cool. You mentioned the corn gold. nuggets. The corn nuggets are great. The nachos, awesome. Like the appetizers down at Rosie's, they're gonna do you they're, right. They're, and they, they're they paired best with a beer. So. Uh, that's the, no, that's they the do. one thing. And you can't do better at home. You can't do better appetizers at home than Rosie's. The, the thing, too, that's really cool is how, uh, <laughs> how we were the family asking for more bread. <laughs> hey, can you bring more bread? <laughs> can you bring more bread as we hammer out the carbs? Dylan Riola. We're just doing a di- daily Dylan Riola segment because we have to. Sorry. And some of you are wait-and-see recruiting fans. And then there's hype. I totally get the hype and the hope with Dylan Riola. And we just need we need to come up with some sort of jingle and catchy sound for some sort. Maybe we go old school with 90210 with some little Luke Perry drop of, well, of, of a famous Dylan. I, I or maybe Bob Dylan. Maybe you find your favorite Bob Dylan song. And, and you, you put some, some bed music down there, too. I don't know. I'm just spitballing I think we need live to go here like, uh, Dylan like an air defense system type uh, ah, horn. Like an air the, raid horn. And it's the Riola radar. Uh-huh. I think okay. that's what it is right there. So it's I not know. duck. It's not duck and cover. <laughs> it's, like, not, it's not duck and cover time. I got Dylan Riola news, and it ain't good for Nebraska. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's hear. But really fast, just simply put, you mentioned the fact that it feels like we've been hitting this every single day for like a month now, and you hit like that we have to. Simply put, if Nebraska were to go and land Dylan Rowland, I've I've said this before, I don't think I can think of a bigger recruiting win for any school in the past 10 years than Dylan Ryle to Nebraska, simply because of where Nebraska is at right now. You look at these top players in the country, where do they end up going? Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, now that Texas A&M's got money. Ohio State, like those are the places where these guys are going. The fact that Nebraska could land what is billed to be as the generational talent uh, out of coming out of 
high school over the past couple of years in Dylan Riola, that is the kind of recruiting win that, that schools hope for. That's the type of recruiting win that can turn your entire program, which is what Nebraska's been looking for for the last 10 to 15 years, is that guy and that coach pairing that put together can turn the fortunes of a program around forever. And I, I think Nebraska fans, myself included in this list, look at Dylan Riola as being that guy who has got the potential to be a guy who is just simply put a program changer and can take you from obscurity to national relevance in the blink of an eye. Well, it, it's that level of talent coming to Lincoln on that scale, and it doesn't match where the program's performance has been. That is the real coup in this whole thing if Nebraska is to get him. Nebraska is not one of these things like the other. And, you know, USC has continued to, to gain steam and earlier reports in the week about that's where the crystal balls are being projected by some of the national recruiting guys. Nebraska is going to stay in this till the end. I truly, truly believe it. But I just think Dylan's talked a little bit about being patient and, and not getting over anxious. He jumped the gun, and I'm paraphrasing in some different interviews he's done with Ohio State a year ago. This is going to sound awful, and it may be something you bring back to hammer me with. I think under Coach Matt Rule, Nebraska will be okay with whatever they end up with at quarterback, short-term or long-term. I think he'll find a way to go win ball games with or without Dylan Riola. Now, does that expediate things if you get Dylan Riola? And the answer is it, it could be. Now, nothing set in stone. You don't know if he is the next Peyton Manning or is he the next pick a guy who's going to transfer to five schools. I'm not knocking Dylan. I'm saying that's the, the, the day and age we live in with high-profile quarterbacks. They leave if you don't get great production from them end of their freshman year or, or redshirt freshman year. That's just what it is. It's quarterback merry-go-round. Uh, let's hear from... Ari Wasserman, he uh, is really talented with the athletic. Uh, he is throwing out a, a pretty good take, and, and I didn't think about it this way. One kid's already enrolled, and the world is chasing after Dylan Riola. But how about Arch Manning v. Dylan Riola? And, and who is the, the comp for Dylan Riola out there? We've said it. This is a national guy, not echoing it, but touching on. Who does Dylan remind you of? I don't know if there is a recruiting coordinator in the country that would take Arch Manning over Dylan Rayola. Breaking news, Ari Wasserman. Dylan Rayola better than Arch Manning. Like, I mean, we've got people comparing this kid to a young Patrick Mahomes. His size and athleticism, his, his ability as a two-sport athlete, the strength of his arm, like all the measurables that make you a five-star prospect. You know, maybe not coming from college football or professional football royalty but just in general you know i think nuts and bolts pure talent and athleticism i don't know that it's particularly close that's pretty solid and he's not wrong with the skills and and you got two different styles of quarterback don't you elijah you have arch manning who's he's not a statue he's not uncle peyton (laughs) <laughs> where he's never finished a 40-yard dash. And and then there's Patrick Mahomes, who can get out of any trouble there is, is mobile enough, is a capable runner, but he's a pass-first 
run second or third guy. You, you need that in college football today. You need the threat of mobility. And listen, there, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, body type, arm strength, touch, all that's great. And, and you have way more hype and eyeballs on a guy in Dylan Riola than you ever did uh, on a guy like Patrick Mahomes who went, ended up going to Texas Tech. And, and Mahomes was fun in college, but he wasn't great in college. He's 6-6, six 5-7 and six, five and seven parentally. Uh, you know, that's not what the expectations are for Dylan Riola. Uh, you get Dylan Riola into your program, if it's USC, you're supposed to go uh, compete for a national championship. That's the real question here uh, with, with Dylan Riola, not what programs you want to go to, uh, what, what's around me. I think that needs to be talked about. What are the weapons like that he's walking into? And that's fair. If I'm a quarterback, I want to know that too. And quickly, we've got to carry this conversation over. A lot of similarities between his recruitment and Arch Manning. I want to get into that next segment. All right. Back here at Rosie's, Hale Varsity continues. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hope you're doing all right and enjoying state tournament week here with the capital city. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, it's Hale Varsity Roadshow at Rosie's 10th and P. Here till 6 today, day 2 of the state tournament 2023. And back tomorrow for a Friday afternoon party. Uh, we'll see you down here 4 to 6 if you can't make it down today to Rosie's 10th and P. want to remind you about uh, taking care of yourself if you've suffered an injury, uh, specifically workers' compensation. Confused about options of your workers' compensation claim? Put the trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected and that you get to that settlement you deserve. Call the Dyer team today, 402-393-7529, or visit Dyer.law to chat with trusted professionals about your workers' compensation claim. That's Dyer.law, D-Y-E-R dot law for workers' compensation. All right, we are talking Dylan Riola. We will get the air raid siren and some sort of Dylan alert for next week and beyond. But Nebraska will have the last crack, Elijah, at Dylan Riola. Nebraska will have to win, not in a wow fashion this fall, but show some potential for his services. Uh, Weapons are important. USC has that cornered. Uh, If we're just talking here and now, uh, you also have Georgia. They have two uh, shiny trophies. They've been able to accumulate. Georgia Tech uh, has the city of Atlanta. They have, in the running at least, that's been reported. <laughs> it's funny whenever you compare Georgia Tech to everybody else. Georgia Tech's got Atlanta. The, the city of Atlanta. <laughs> it's got hot Atlanta, I guess. That's the crown I don't know. jewel of America right there, Atlanta. <laughs> yes. Get me in and get me out. Do it now. It sounded um, so backhanded. Love that. <laughs> no, it was. It, and it was, dude. I mean, I guess I can't 
smile about. Last time I was in Atlanta, it was one of those, oh, you're going to Big Ten Media Days. Let us fly you to Atlanta and then go from Atlanta to Indy. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm that was sure wonderful. Was. I'm sure it was. And then the, the Sky Club, we got to hang out in, in Atlanta before Ireland was great. We did not get accosted like Mitch Sherman did earlier in the week. I had a buddy that uh, he's uh, down in Athens now going to the University of Georgia Law. And uh, he got accosted in a Walmart bathroom in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So there's another Atlanta story for you. Just Stalls taken. Leave me alone. Okay. Anyway, can I quickly? Just all, this, all the stops. This thing's got to be. Mardi Gras, Christmas, office work party, uh, 40th birthday party, 21st birthday party, um, all rolled into one yeah, well, <laughs> on the back, recruiting front. What, what did Texas do? Yeah, Texas, for nine recruits, including Arch Manning back last June, spent nearly $300,000 for the entire weekend. And then if you combine the next weekend in where they brought in 14 more recruits, the total spending was $650,000 across two weekends. That included cruises, a... Uh, $30,000 tab that got ran up at a steakhouse. Uh, you also had open bar all weekend for the parents. Uh, they called it the Texas sure, Total Package. the parents. <laughs> open um, bar for the parents, huh? They, they took them to Top Golf. They, they essentially just pulled out all the stops. Five-star hotel, 40-plus uh, hotel rooms for nine visitors. Uh, they pulled out all the stops, upwards of $300,000 again, and they ended up going five of nine that weekend with some of the top players in the country. Did they get to play the bongo drums with McConaughey? They did not, but Arch Manning still committed. That's impressive. Gary Barnett coming up here at Rosie's 10th and P. Come see us with Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio. We are down at Rosie's 10th and P Roadshow Thursday. Back here tomorrow on Friday. And next time Colorado comes to Lincoln, we got to get Coach Barnett uh, down on site with this coach uh, joins us here. Coach, uh, you ever venture out and about in Lincoln uh, when you've you've made your way 
to uh, to the good life, uh, or do you just kind of keep your head down back in the day uh, when uh, when wearing buff colors? You know, it you just never have time to do that sort of stuff. Um, years ago, when I used to, when I was a high school coach, and I'd come to Lincoln, I went to Lincoln a couple times, um, just to uh, I was trying to change our offense and. Uh, uh, big bad Tony Davis was the fullback and we had a fullback like that. And so anyway, I, I, that's the only time I've ever ventured out in Lincoln I can think of. And, uh, that was maybe one night or that was about it. So I don't know much about it, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good place. You, uh, you know, the golf courses in the region somewhat well, don't you? Well, I know most of the re- I you know, I know uh, Firethorn, mm-hmm. and I, uh, you know, I know the ones I know are mostly out in the Sand Hills. But uh, uh, when uh, uh, when we would come to Lincoln, when I would come to Lincoln recruiting, I just pretty much stayed right around the Marriott there courtyard or wherever I was staying. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Davis, good dude. Enjoy talking with him quite a bit. I keep in touch with him, so. Was this when when you're doing the offense? What year was this? You were you were kind of scouting Nebraska, and uh, what what did you glean from from Tony Davis, Coach Osborne, and those offenses of the mid seventies? Well, we we had a, a big tall quarterback that could run a little bit, could really throw, and we we wanted to run that that slot eye formation, and um, and then we wanted to get into a one back from there, and so. Nebraska was doing that uh, more or and better than anybody else, and it, it just sort of fit our personnel. So it was 74. I think I went out there in 73 and 74 and 75, or maybe it was just two years. But, um, uh, yeah, that's we wanted the one back, and with a guy like Tony Davis, he could, you know, nobody was doing much one back, and he was, he was the kind of back who could play fullback or play tailback in a one-back offense. So, uh, we were sort of trying to uh, uh, to work that into our into our system, and then some of the routes they had off of. Um, most people can't remember Nebraska being in a one back offense, but they would uh, they would take that tailback and put him in the slot or put him out as a receiver, and they, all of a sudden they had four out four wide outs or four guys that could get down the field. So it was it was effective for us. Well, and that's I remember seeing some some footage and. Some Nebraska football historical stuff where where T.O. was this, in, you know, is, but he was a passing guru, guru but before getting Turner Gill and switching to the uh, kind of the uh, the option attack. But yeah, those uh, those one back teams were high flying. You had Ferragamo and Hum and Tony Davis and uh, a lot of points and, and really good. Uh, just nobody could take Oklahoma down back then. Coach, let's talk the state of Texas real quick. And Nebraska continues to to make inroads and really have wonderful deep ties to Texas with Coach Rule and his time at Baylor and all the relationship development there. You're a big fan of Texas. You love the city of Houston when it comes to recruiting. And I want to ask you about your experience and how you were able to be so successful in Texas and not the trick per se, but what, what stands out to you about Texas talent? Cause you guys went after it and did well with it in Colorado as well. Yeah, we did. And, and, uh, 
Coach Sanders at, at CU is going to do the same thing. He's got deep roots in Texas. And so um, just meeting with him this week a little bit, talking about where he's going to recruit. He's going to spend most of his time in Texas and in the South. So he just liked – I know he likes just the, the kind of player you get out of there. They're hungry. I always felt like in Texas that, that – now, this is 15 years ago, Chris. So mm-hmm. I always felt like the, the in Dallas – area those kids were so well coached that the, the kids you got out of Dallas you got to be a little worried about because they may not get any better mm-hmm. but the kids in Houston were, were uh, they weren't poorly coached they just seemed they made the biggest strides when they got to college uh, and it was you know that was just a perception there's no empirical data to that but it's just uh, how it seemed that our our coaches, we had a, we've always had a real at Colorado. We've always had a real tie into the state of Texas. We've always had Texas players, and so once once you start getting players out of Texas, it's uh, somewhat a little pipeline, uh, and players are are comfortable where there's players at the at the school uh, from the same state, mm-hmm. and so Texas kids when they would come to be recruited. Uh, there was always Texas kids on our team. Same thing at Nebraska, Texas kids on. And it just, you know, they trusted them. They related to them. They just had a relationship with them immediately. And once you start getting that pipeline going, then it's it really does make it easier uh, to, to recruit that way. And a lot of those kids can't necessarily make uh, unofficial visits. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can get them on an unofficial visit, and in our case – all we had to do was drive over the hill uh, from Denver to Boulder, and it just, I mean, those kids were just blown away by, by the beauty of Boulder and what you could see was CU right there against the mountains and the Flatirons. So it, we always had an advantage when they first stepped on campus because they'd already looked at it from coming down off that hill, and they were already wowed. So it, it gave us a little bit of a, a, a foot up. What's the competition level like to, to, to get in and infiltrate and then get that first kid that does well and then the word starts to spread, the proof is on the field? How difficult is getting that first big, big, uh, big get, uh, not just in name but also in performance, but also speak to, to what you view the, the Texas competition level like right now with all the in-state schools? Well, uh, let's start at the end there. I think um, there's a lot of competition. There always has been, but there's even more now because most of those Texas schools are all doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Texas leaving um, and Arkansas and uh, Oklahoma leaving, you know, I, I think that makes it even harder because some of those kids want to go play in the Southeastern Conference, and they only had A and M uh, really at the time. And, and of course, uh, LSU recruits from Texas it, like it's its home state. So there's always been those all those players down there. The key to Texas is the high school coaches. It's got the strongest high school coaches association in the country. And those coaches are well, they go to coaching school. They are well, they're good coaches. They're probably a step ahead of every other state in the union with high school coaches. And their association is way ahead uh, of everybody else. So it's, 
you've got to infiltrate the Texas High School Coaches Association. If you go to a clinic, uh, the Texas High School, uh, the national clinic, the Texas High School Coaches put on a, they put on a little clinic and a little party. Every college coach in the country attends that, that session. So it's, uh, that's the key in Texas is the Texas High School Coaches. What's it say about Nebraska if Matt Rule's speaking at that thing multiple times? Well, you know, you know, they 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 use their their draw. They they can get anybody they want to come talk to that clinic because they are so they're so instrumental in recruiting down there. So um, you know, every coach is trying to get in and speak at that clinic, and it's you know, Matt's got an inside track on that sort of stuff but uh, in the end you still got to be winning and you still got to you know it's a, it's a long way from home You're, they're never going to see uh, you know Nebraska isn't going to play down in Texas that becomes a problem that everybody else will use against them right and what's your remedy do you just start scheduling Tech or TCU do you get a home and home set up does Colorado do the same to get some some face time, uh, assuming you don't end up in a bowl down there. Well, I I think for Nebraska, they got to start scheduling those conference, those games down there with those teams, and they're all a big enough draw. Where home and away, it's going to be a, a good schedule. Colorado's case, my guess is they're just going to join them. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> I was I was getting there. We'll, we'll get to the uh, the the. Um, the bingo card of, of conference realignment in a moment. How was Dion this week? Uh, Dion was interesting, you know. I mean, he's he's a busy guy. He's got all sorts of new people. I mean, there's every face is new in there. Uh, it's there's there's guys in charge of this, guys in charge of that. I've never seen so many generals in my life. Uh, we have GMs, we have presidents. We have uh, every label you've ever seen is in there, and uh, so it was uh, it was interesting just to see the operation. Did you have lunch? Did you what what was no. or is it was it just a, a a video deal? No, one video. I wouldn't do that. Okay. So uh, I didn't video. No, it was just coach to coach. Okay, and uh, you know he he worked me into a schedule because his schedule was pretty busy. Well. Yeah, I imagine with the the turnover that's happened at CU that you probably get a phone call from a lot of coaches there. Uh, well, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, you know, I'm 15 years, 17 years removed, so uh, I don't think my my number is in most of their speed dials. Wow. Well, uh, it's cool. Dion reached out and. You know what? Uh, you won. <laughs> you won a lot there, so I'd, I'd be making the phone call. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, what happens here? Is it, is it going to be a new Big 12 with uh, you guys going back home? That's my thing. My thinking, uh, you know, uh, just being around there for a couple of days, it's, it sure seems like to me that uh, they're going to head – somewhere and it's more than likely with utah into the into the big 12 that's what i see and you know i wouldn't put off arizona arizona state jumping in on that too but i do think colorado is is heading back that way they had an emergency regent meeting on 
yesterday mm-hmm. to discuss it, but I, I have seen no results from it, and no one else has heard it. So I don't know whether it's imminent uh, immediately or not. But, you know, Coach Sanders has a big draw in Texas, and he wants to recruit down there, and he wants to recruit in the South. And, you know, it's it doesn't help him being in the Pac-12. It helps him being in the Big 12. You know, I look at, at him wanting to – to, to obviously win and, and get set up in Boulder. And is this, are we at the point right now where the, the, the athletic department and the, the school are, are ready to make a move? I mean, the, um, the PAC 12 is in such bad shape that it is time to, to walk out. And let me ask you about Oregon and Washington. Are, are they part of this PAC 12 to the big 12 thing? Or do you think the big no. 10 may be knocking on that door? No, I think they're going the other way. But, uh, you know, that's me. That's, that's no empirical mm-hmm. information on that. But uh, it just – that seems a lot more logical. I don't think they'd be part of the Big 12. But uh, uh, I do think that there's a chance that they'll pull four schools in, more than likely two, but maybe four. Four from the, the Pac-12, huh? So Stanford yeah. – let's do that math. Stanford, Cal – uh, Washington and in, in Oregon. Does that sound like the four? Oh, I, I'm talking about the Big Twelve. So okay, I think, gotcha, gotcha. Big Twelve. I, yeah, I don't know if the Big Ten's uh, Stanford and Cal are going to be based on whether Notre Dame makes a change and goes into the Big Ten. Uh, I don't think either one of them go if Notre Dame doesn't join the Big Ten. If mm-hmm. Notre Dame does, then I think you could see both those schools. Are you be, Are you hearing any smoke on Notre Dame in the Big Ten? I am not. No. Okay. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, uh, let's talk quarterback recruiting. We'll get you out on this. Uh, the, it continues to stay hot for, for Dylan Riola as he's doing uh, his uh, quarterback camping out in California. Bruce Feldman's out with his top 25 list of coaches for 2023. Matt Rule comes in at 15. Uh, Lincoln Riley comes in at 7. And, uh, of course, Saban and Kirby and Dabo, your top three. Harbaugh up to number four on the list. When going after a quarterback, uh, the the stature of of Riola, how did you approach that? Did you just look at the kid's film, or if he was a blue chip prospect, you knew that there'd be other suitors? How did you how did you go about trying to to woo a guy that's got so much hype around him? How would you go about going after a Riola or an Arch Manning? Or a Trevor Lawrence. I mean, what would what would your approach and your pitch be? Well, first of all, I would I would not mention NIL. I would not mention money. I just I'd work on relationship and and the uh, quarterback coach. That's the most important thing. His relationship with the head coach and his relationship with the quarterback coach. I would just work on that relationship as hard as I could, and give the kid and his family a lot of credit for being of uh, good character. And uh, no, you know that, that the money isn't an issue in this deal. That it's 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 all about uh, making him, giving him the be- having him experience the best experience he could have, and be around the best people and people that that are going to help him and make him better. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is how important the relationship is there in that process. <laughs> 
Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Gary Barnett with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. What's your take on some of the attributes with Lincoln Riley? I know there's track record, but if you talk to other coaches, what what's a wow factor with Riley with with, with what he's done with quarterbacks? Has he just gotten great quarterbacks, or is you know what's special about his development ability? I'm not sure, but uh, I do know that he relates to quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he got a he did he got a lot of hype through the years. Uh, on television, ESPN, which is what all these kids watch. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they've been inundated with how good he is. And so, uh, and his track record shows you that he has been good. So, uh, you know, you do the combination of his track record and the publicity that he's gotten that, you know, he didn't ask for or pay for, it's just the way it happened. And so he's, he's a guru right now. And so, uh, that is a natural attraction for kids. Plus, you put them in Southern California, and there's a lot of a lot of kids that are attracted to that particular environment. Gary Barnett, you have a family member that's an all-world quarterback. Let's go down that road. Where would you send him? I'd send him where he went and felt like he was at home, and uh, you know where who the quarterback coach was how solid the program was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's the schedule? Is he going to have a good experience? Is he going to, you know, I think most schools are going to get a good education. There are some schools that have, that are life-changing institutions. Mm-hmm. After working at one of those institutions, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about something like that for him or, my son mm-hmm. Gary Barnett coach this was fun I'm glad that snow's melted for you I want you to go hit about seven birdies this weekend okay <laughs> seven for the year is no, that what you're asking no no no, no. So I want you to go get seven this weekend total oh this weekend well I did get three in a row on Saturday in a tournament so I got to boast a little bit there, so. that's pretty good hey this was fun thanks for the time today all right, Chris, good being with you. Got to love Gary Barnett, uh, Hale Varsity Radio, here at Rosie's for state tournament action as uh, it is day two. Tenth and P where we're at, back here tomorrow, four to six. Hale Varsity Roadshow, we love uh, everyone coming into uh, the capital city for state basketball. Again, uh, big thanks to our friends from, uh, from Hayes Center. Uh, listening to us that came in as their boys play tomorrow morning at 10.45. Uh, locally, our, our good dear friend uh, Will Wilson with the call covering Parkview Christian tonight. Uh, let's get back into some football. Interesting nuggets from Coach Barney on the Big 12 and Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. 
uh, in Utah, maybe finding their way to, um, to to Big 12 country. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World. Evan, thanks for rearranging. It's been kind of crazy this week with high school basketball coverage. And I know you've uh, been all over Husker baseball and uh, we're getting geared up for spring. How's, how's your week been, Evan? Thanks for the time today. Yeah, yeah no worries. Uh, it's been fun. It was in Minneapolis last week for baseball. You know, we got spring football ramping up shortly. Uh, I'm even going to be covering, doing some pinch hitting for uh, some of the boys state games here the next couple of days. So yeah, it's it's a fun time of year, man. There's always something going on. It's a fun time of year for the Husker football team too. They're in what's called commitment week, and we haven't spent a lot of time on it. Just seems like the their end to winter conditioning. Some hellish mornings followed by some fun team building activities in the afternoon. But today. We had the Husker Olympics, and Evan, I want to get your take. If you were involved in an uh, Olympics of sort, what would be your go-to sport? Oh, boy. Well, you know, I can play a mean game of horse. So, you know, <laughs> if, if, if that's a possibility, maybe we can dive into that. Uh, you know, I, I played some sand volleyball in high school. I saw they were out there working on, uh, you know, the, the, the indoor sand courts that they had. So I think I could be okay in that. Um, more, of a, more of a defensive specialist, I think. But I could probably <laughs> hang in that, too. That'd be fun. Tell me, what makes your game of horse so special? Is it trick shots? Is it just, you know, a, a set shot that always goes down? What about horse fits your game? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you got you to gotta be consistent. But I think part of it, too, is you find you got to find a, a, a weakness in your opponent. So mm-hmm. maybe... You know, your opponent doesn't practice bank shots very much. Maybe they don't like going over the backboard from behind the hoop. Maybe they can't stand under the hoop and do, you know, a little one-hand reverse layup. So it's not always just about the half-court shots or the free throws or the, you know, the wing threes. It's about uh, trying to to, to find a way to, to make your opponent a little bit more uncomfortable so as they're adjusting to whatever the shot is, they're racking up letters along the way. So not to say that I've never lost a game of horse because goodness knows that's not true, but uh, that's, that's, I think, part of the gamesmanship if you're going to try to get some letters on that other person. Evan Bland with his Omaha World Herald at uh, Evan Bland OWH. Find him on Twitter. So, Evan, uh, my strength would be jello shots. That would be my Olympic sport. <laughs> uh, Lord and, knows and none of us. Give... Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I say, Lord no, knows uh, none, uh, no grape, three of us. Grape or lime. We're not going to be in the dunk contest, lime. though. That's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> no. None of us are in the dunk contest. You should be, though, because you're, you're tall. Elijah. Bro, I can barely touch uh, the net. That's okay. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you're an O-lineman. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, Evan, I need to get a thought from you with, with uh, spring football and I'm interested here with, uh, with, with Harburg for a moment. And if he's a guy that you could see maybe as athletic as he is and had a great video today where he was winning a dunk contest, or at least it got released today, is, is he a guy that they're going to maybe look at switching spots, that H-back fullback spot for immediate playing time? Or do you think he's... We'll know more here as spring gets going, but is he a guy? You've seen quarterbacks switch to fullback. They put on some weight, and they've got the size already. Let him get up to 240 and go go hurt a linebacker. Do you like Harburg in the fullback discussion point? Well, it's interesting. It, that's I asked something uh, very similar to Matt Rule when uh, the World Herald was able to meet with him a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I think his point of view and the coach's point of view in general is you got to – 
get through the spring, see what he has, and, and everybody has to offer uh, in terms of their positions. But I, I will say that uh, he's definitely gotten the staff's attention in terms of his athleticism. I mean, like you're talking about his ability to dunk. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's mentioned as one of the faster players on the team. Uh, explosive, was a good track athlete in high school. So, yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of can look at the situation at quarterback and say, okay, if this is a, a Jeff Sims, Casey Thompson battle next season and, and you feel good about Sheva Purdy and, you know, Richard Torres maybe potentially, like you have a lot of bodies in that quarterback room and not everybody is always amenable to changing positions. I don't know where Henrik Harburg stands uh, in terms of just being flexible and, and looking around, but, you know, I think it's worth remembering that he was a guy – who had some decent offers in high school. I mean, Boston College offered him. Uh, a number of other sort of Power Five, you know, regional teams had reached out and were interested. So it's not like he was sort of an athlete who was thrown in a quarterback. I mean, a lot of programs evaluated him as that. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting, again, when you look at just the, the scholarship breakdown and, and, and you're trying to find a way to get on the field and, and get your most athletic uh, playmakers out there, I think – Harburg has shown, even just in winter conditioning, that he can be included in that group. So, yeah, whether it's uh, some sort of H-back, maybe um, you know they can find another way to get him on the field as a receiver, or I don't know if he's big enough to be a tight end, but I think you can be creative with a guy like that. And, and Rule's staff has, has shown that creativity in the past, especially in the spring. So I think it'll be a, a really key couple of months here coming up uh, for Harburg to show what he can do at quarterback. And again, if, if that's not his destiny long-term, then where else he might be able to fit to get onto the field. Well, Evan, you say maybe not quite big enough to be a tight end. Heinrich Harburg, future Husker fullback? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he... He was a tough kid in high school. I know that. Played uh, multi-sports and a smart guy. I mean, I've spoken with him a number of times. He's really intelligent, so I, I wouldn't think that moving positions would be a huge challenge for him either. But he's got all the makeup, right, like all the intangibles and, and the character kind of stuff, at least in my interactions with him, that you could want in a guy. And so, yeah, maybe maybe that's something um, that you would embrace is, is more of a, a physical fullback type of role. And, you know, he's, he's an in-state kid. He loves the Huskers. And sometimes the chance to contribute and, and be a part of the success on the field for a team motivates guys to do some things that maybe they didn't think that they would do uh, in high school as they were going through the process. So I don't know. I, I think he's one example of many this spring that I'll be really intrigued to see how the staff evaluates these players and how many guys maybe get shuffled around uh, to have a better chance to get on the field. See, all I know, Schmidt, is that Heinrich Harburg just sounds like a fullback's name. That just sounds perfect. Oh, he, he sounds like a, he's on a, a search-and-destroy mission all the time. <laughs> Evan, uh, real quick, bud, uh, you've had uh, an up-close and personal look at Husker baseball. Let's carry it forward. I know they, they whacked Northern Colorado the last couple of days, but you saw him in Minneapolis. Really good weekend, 2-1. and one. What has changed with this baseball team real quick? Well, I think from the opening weekend, the short answer would be the bullpen. It has gotten better. Mm -hmm. I think you've, you've really found some arms that you can trust. Michael Garza has been one who's really stepped up. Jalen Worthley, a freshman, is somebody else you feel pretty good about. Jackson Brockett uh, had the midweek start and looked good. I mean, there are just a number of guys that – I think have sort of entered the circle of trust a little bit. I mean, the story continues to be the offense. And 
you know, power is way up in college baseball, and so I think you have to take that into account a little bit. But the, the fact remains that this is a team right now that's top 20 in home runs per game nationally, and I don't think that's something that uh, anybody necessarily saw coming. It's not from one guy. I think 11 different players right now have at least one home run. So I, that, to me, is sort of the thing that I'm watching to, to see over the course of the season. Can that be sustainable? Because if the offense can keep up anything close to this clip uh, and the defense and the pitching do what they always do, then this season could get pretty exciting. And so I don't know that you're going to find out the answer to that this weekend. Illinois State can, can hit, but they can't really pitch very well. Um, but, you know, move, moving forward, I think this is a month when you st- talk about staying in the state of Nebraska that you're going to want to see some high-scoring games and, and Nebraska to rack up some wins, and you'll feel pretty good heading into Big Ten play. Evan Bland with us, Omaha World Herald. Great coverage with Husker baseball, Husker football, and he'll be uh, on uh, on point for the state tournament. Evan, we'll run you down next week. Thanks for switching up and, and spending some time with us here on a Thursday. Thanks, guys. All right, good stuff. We love talking with Evan Bland and uh, Gary Barnett to get our two. Kicked off for here at Rosie's, 10th and P. And we love being down here at Rosie's for state tournament action. Second week we're here at Rosie's, uh, back here tomorrow at 4. So if you're in town for the state tournament or you're headed down uh, for state basketball, uh, come see us here at Rosie's or pop on by a quick timeout. Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network. Some gambling thoughts on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday here at Rosie's for Boys State Basketball. And we head up to the other spot for the other tournament, Big Ten Tournament in Chicago, his hometown, Pride of Chicago, with Vison Sports Network. It's Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5. Uh, Daddy, it's been, I don't know, a month since we've talked. How fat are your pockets? Good to spend time with you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, going from the fan bet perspective, meaning being at the Nebraska game last night, the pockets got a little bit thinner. And uh, <laughs> being in Vegas and hit the table certainly thinned out the pockets as well. So we're hoping we can turn things around the remainder of these conference tournaments. Daddy, take us through uh, your take on Big Red Basketball. We've spent a lot of this show reminiscing, and I I liken it to kind of, well, uh, the celebration of life, or are you in the grips of mourning, right? There's there's two ways to go about this uh, when you uh, look at the obituary of 2022-2023 for Nebraska basketball. Uh, remember the the, the, the the sweet times because there were many, specifically February or what the hell was that with Minnesota? Last impression or more of the journey? Uh, last night was not a total shocker. Minnesota's been a tough matchup for Nebraska all season long. Nebraska was down uh, a big, and Nebraska just didn't play February Nebraska basketball. And uh, the result was somewhat predictable. They just couldn't couldn't get it done. It's almost like they were... They were just out of gas, and I know they they didn't give that type of effort, but, man, they just made some, well, some plays that they usually weren't making in February, some decisions. Yeah, you know, I mean, being there firsthand, it's kind of hard not to have that game as a lasting impression, but, I mean, you're right, Smitty. You look back and you know that there had been some very fun, enjoyable moments with this team, but... You know, if you're looking back on this season and, and you kind of have that thought process, I'd say that's the whole issue with this Nebraska basketball program to begin with. 
I mean, is that what you want to settle for? Do you want to settle for going, yeah, you know what, there were some fun times in February, or do you want to go with, no, we're playing into March, and we are playing competitive games into March. So if, if you want to reminisce and be as fun as it was, happy-go-lucky, so be it. But, again, that is the premise of the issue with Nebraska ball in this day and age. They have not had a successful season in quite some time. They haven't made the tournament since, what, 2013? Like, it's honestly embarrassing at this point, especially with how long Hoiberg has been here. And this year, yes, you saw incremental improvements, but you can't then just lose to Minnesota in that game, a team that is metrically, statistically, record-wise the worst in the Big Ten. And you shot yourselves in the foot numerous times in that game. There were no defensive adjustments until very, very late in that game. And that falls on Hoiberg, too. They weren't closing out whatsoever. They were collapsing too hard when they were closing into the lane. And then they got exposed and they let that guy battle, hit like four threes at the most crucial times. And then you had two opportunities to take the lead, and you get two offensive foul calls. And then you have the foul on the three-point shot. And look, you could go back and forth and clamor whether or not that was a foul. The issue was, why are you even that close to where it could be called in the first place? The guy's scrambling with two seconds left in the shot clock, taking a very tough shot from deep. All you have to do is put your hand up. You shouldn't be leaving your feet in that instance. And again, shouldn't even be close to where it could maybe be called. So there are so many times where they just screw themselves. And then again, with Greasel going down and turning the ball over, trying to do too much, I don't know what's going on with this team, but look, yes, there were fun moments, sure, but at the end of the day, if that's what you're settling for as a Nebraska fan, that or therein lies the issue, and people need to be held accountable. Let's hope they get some guys to return, but it's just embarrassing losing to Minnesota and being disappointing in this stage year after year after year, isn't it? It is, Danny, and that's where I was going to go. There seemed to be a big flip among some Husker basketball fans. Some are still firmly behind Fred, but after last night, kind of felt like one of those ones that you almost saw coming I mean we've been talking about it for about a week a week and a half now of when is this magic going to run out and I want to know where you are on the Fred Hoiberg experience you got to watch him with the Bulls for a couple years now you get to watch him with Nebraska where are you at you think uh, you're excited for what's to come next year or you think it's just inevitable that at some point Fred's going to be out well, realistically and inevitably, I'm sure he will be out at some point. But I guess, you know, you give him next year. Next year, you got to make something happen. And if not, then it's, you're out of here. I mean, look, Hoiberg realistically has had, what, the one good year at Iowa State? And then he didn't do anything with the Bulls. All right, he's not an NBA guy. Sure, we'll cut him some slack. And then he comes to Nebraska. And then it's not just that you're losing. It's the way you're losing and how poorly you're losing and how a lot of it is your own team getting in your own way, missing free throw shots, turning the ball over, not capitalizing on opportunities. Those are things that you can fix within. It's not necessarily talent. And, yes, I realize Nebraska is not going to draw as much basketball talent right now. And, yeah, on paper, sure, they can be outmatched. But how are you seeing all these upsets then happen left and right? And how are you seeing some of these programs be at least able to have a successful year at least once every five years? Nebraska hasn't had that, and I get it. Brad hasn't been there for that old capacity, but that's why this year, all right, you saw the progress, but again, to lose to Minnesota like that in a time where it really, really matters is what stinks. So, yeah, you keep them around for next year, and next year you got to have, you got to make it happen. I mean, you can't be playing in the first round of the Big Ten Conference Tournament, you at least have to be in the second round with a bye, and hopefully with the contention of getting into March Madness. Because if not, then what the heck are we doing still painting the amount of a coach who would be getting a team there? It's just name-brand recognition with them at this point. 
Danny Burke with us, VEASAN Sports Network, and angry Husker fan with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. <laughs> Love the passion, Danny. Uh, as you look at conference tournament time, you have selection Sunday. Let's go to the gambling side of things. Uh, any, any conference tournament picks or any intrigue out there for you uh, as we get closer to selection Sunday? Yeah, so, you know, uh, speaking of the Big Ten, obviously, a team that I liked and took a little piece on, uh, how about Michigan State? I think this team, you know, like every March with Tom Izzo, is always up for a good run. And at 6-1, to one, I thought it was a price worth taking. And now you're getting a pretty favorable uh, pretty favorable draw here for Michigan State uh, based on what we just saw happen. So I think that's still a good team to look at. And, look, their odds are certainly going to change now. But then you can kind of look at them from the game-by-game standpoint and see how you can kind of work it from there. But Michigan State's got a pretty nice draw now that you're going to be taking on Ohio State. Rutgers and Purdue, you're going to obviously, well, you're expecting to at least get Purdue. And then I'm assuming it's going to be Michigan State. So at that point, if you were holding one of those tickets, even though you're a couple games out, uh, or a game out from being to the championship, these books will still allow you to cash out and make a profit. So that's kind of what I saw here with Michigan State, thinking that they had a very favorable draw, not assuming they get Ohio State necessarily, but enough to where I could either hedge or get the cash out option from the book. And, look, they could still easily give a team like Purdue a run for their money. So we'll see how I play it, assuming they get to that point. But that's a team that I look at in terms of the Big Ten Conference. Um, I didn't really take any other futures for conferences. I'm more just looking at it from a game-by-game basis, guys, and kind of waiting to see what the path for a lot of these teams are going to be come March. Because, look, yeah, you could make some of these bets a couple months out, and and you'll get a better price and better value. But I'm of the notion, because of how wide open it truly is this year, how much parity there really is, I'm willing to sacrifice a couple dollars in the futures market to get a better understanding of which teams I like and then have more conviction with it in my bet and then play it. Danny Burke with us here, VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5. Find him wherever you listen to VEASAN Sports Network, the Danny Burke podcast, and find him and follow him on Twitter. Danny, we'll run you down here uh, next time for some NCAA tournament thoughts. Thanks for the time today. Absolutely, fellas. Looking forward to it. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, big thanks to many folks who've come out to Rosie's today. Back here tomorrow at 4, 10th and P, your headquarters for state tournament grub and cold ones. Uh, hell, bring the team by and they'll get fed well. We have officially and officially adopted uh, Maywood Hayes Center uh, for, D, for, for D1. All right, we're just going to throw that out there right now a tough night for lincoln last night uh credit to the metro teams uh, wow west side wow gretna and uh wow bell west again i maintain we didn't ask danny burke this didn't want to put him on the spot but uh bellevue west would be favored to win the acc that's all i'm saying <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say and uh, we'll have state championship coverage here locally on Saturday night with the Class A final, Will Wilson locally will have the uh, Parkview Christian squad. Tonight at 745, the fighting Garth Glissmans uh, as uh, uh, he and, and uh, his uh, kids uh, made a nice run to state basketball so many years ago and 
Parkview Christian working on back-to-back championships. Get buckled up. It's been kind of a sloppy weather day. Make sure that seatbelt is buckled. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, Scott submitted this as we've talked a little bit about Heinrich Harburg and uh, his athleticism on display on Twitter when it comes to dunking, that he is a track fiend. Uh, Carney Catholic was super impressive there. Shout out to Cliff, uh, where it's not sleeting. It's not bad down here downtown, but Cliff's got good weather in Florida. I would venture to guess in, uh, in, in the Air Force Base. So pretty awesome. Uh, good night of basketball ahead. And uh, we're going to come on back to, to Rosie's tomorrow, 4 to 6, 10th and P. I don't know what I'm going to order yet. Well, you can't go wrong with like, the appetizer. I did get a text in from my no, dad I know. on our earlier conversation. He said, that's right. Uh, you don't spend money on appetizers and you can drink a water. That was my life growing up. So <laughs> You didn't get a soda. You know what's been highway robbery? Has been every time, like we went to, to dinner this week. Like that's how Junior will spend time with us. Hey, do you want to go to dinner? Uh, he's like, sure. So he'll actually put his phone down and make eye contact with us and not just grunt the life of a teenager. But he ordered a, a, a virgin margarita. Hmm. And I got the, the old bill, and I had a, a, despite what you think, Elijah. I see the thought bubble forming. I had a beer. Mama had a diet soda. And then Junior's like, yeah, I'll do a, a virgin daiquiri. And, and the virgin daiquiri was more than the re- uh, a virgin um, margarita was more than the regular margarita. I mean, what the hell? We should have <laughs> just got him the... the, the, the bottom shelf tequila see <laughs> after spending that that weekend in vegas nothing in lincoln's highway robbery anymore you know it's highway robbery at the walgreens on the strip it was 25 dollars for six michelobes that's oh highway Lord. robbery that's highway robbery lincoln is is nothing compared to everything else but i will say dare uh, i say you're buying the wrong thing at the pharmacy <laughs> that's possible i was gonna i'm just gonna there he is it. elijah herbal <laughs> Chris Schmidt back tomorrow. Come see us at Rosie's Roadshow Friday with Hale Varsity 4 to 6, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.